It is finally here at long last. Welcome to the Dangerous Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Williams. Hey there, friends. I'm glad you're joining in for the start of this podcast. Uh, This is episode number one. This is where it all begins, I guess. And so I'm glad you could join me. Why is my ministry called Dangerous Faith? Why is my podcast called that? Well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Growing up, I loved reading. I loved researching. I was, you could say, uh, in air quotes, I was uh, the Christian Google. My friends would go to me for advice, for questions. I was known as the guy to go to for those things. And I got pretty prideful over it. I was thinking, well, I'm helping people with their faith. I know a couple things. Well, look at me. I must be pretty close to God because I'm helping people. It was all intellectual, it was all head knowledge, but I didn't know that. I wasn't awake to that. I thought, man, I'm doing pretty good. Well, what happened was uh, high school hit, and I went through some tough times. I, I got into a pretty dark place. I got pretty lonely. I started developing depression and anxiety. I was just not doing too hot at the moment. And I started developing a pornography addiction that really ate at me. And I realized something. My faith with God was pretty shallow. It was pretty shallow. It was all based upon knowledge. But then when Satan hit me with a tough time, when my flesh attacked me and life wasn't going my way, I didn't have a a real strong relationship with God to fall back on. And it woke me up to that fact. And and so I'm going to read a couple verses for you and you can, you know, hear where my heart is with this ministry. The first is Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 5. This is Moses talking to the Israelites. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Notice what Moses is saying. Moses didn't stop with the mind. You shall love the Lord your God with all your mind. Memorize things about God, be able to answer questions, and you're good to go. That's not what Moses says. He says, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. We are to love God with all of our very being. And uh, there's a similar verse in Matthew chapter 22. Uh, This is the word of Jesus, the words of Jesus speaking to a lawyer. And uh, let's see. So this is Matthew chapter 22, verse uh, 37. And Jesus said to the man, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Again, Jesus is advocating for a well-rounded, whole, healthy love of God. And when I went through that tough time earlier in my life, I didn't have that. It was all intellectual. It was all just based on what I what I knew, but I didn't love God the way I should have. And that really woke me up to that fact. 
And so I'm going to tell you about the three H's, head, heart, and hands. If we want to love God the way we should, we need all three to be in sync. We need all three to be growing. The first is the head. That that matters. I, I don't want to take away from that. Like, it does matter what we think. It does matter our doctrine, our theology, what we believe about God. That needs to be biblical and sound. So that's the head. It's, it's how we think and it's what we know. With our heart, the second H, with our heart, it's our intimate walk with God. It's our quiet times, the the way or the strength of our faith in God. And that's important too. I was really lacking in that area when my head couldn't help me. I didn't have anything else. And then finally, there's the hands. Christianity is not meant to be just talked about. We're to go out and be lights to the world. We're to evangelize and share the gospel. We're to serve and, and meet needs. Go go make a meal. Go go help a neighbor. And uh, we're to be activists as well. If there are some things going on in the culture, we're supposed to fight it. We're supposed to stand for the truth of Scripture. That, that's the hands part. So the three H's, head, heart, and hands. That's what we're after here at Dangerous Faith. It's to help Christians be the best Christians that they can be, well-rounded, healthy, and whole. Satan loves one-dimensional Christians like the way I was, and I still can be at times. Satan loves them because they're easy to throw off track. As if you throw suffering at someone, it's going to ruin their life because they can't handle it. If someone, let's say, for example, if someone dies really young, Satan might attack you and be like, how could a loving God do this? How could a loving God allow so much suffering? And and what do you do with that? If you don't have an intimate, close walk with God, you might be like, you know, uh, I guess I'm going to throw out my Christianity. It's it's not worth anything. Or maybe you, you might have a professor that says, you know what? Belief in God is so unnecessary. We have science. We have, you know, logic and reason. Just throw away your faith. You don't need it. And you might, if you don't have anything to fall back on, if you don't have any answers, you might decide to do just that and walk away from the faith. God wants strong, healthy, well-rounded, whole Christians. God wants dangerous Christians who know what they believe that's the head. They love God intimately. That's the heart. And they live the gospel life. They serve and they share the gospel. Those are the hands. All three are important. So what do I mean by dangerous? Because that's an interesting word. I mean dangerous in two ways. The first way is unstoppable. If you're a dangerous person, you're unstoppable. I'm going to use a couple sports analogies, and hopefully you'll track with me. Hopefully it'll make sense. But uh, one is uh, Tua, the former Alabama QB. Super accurate. He had a good arm. He could make all the throws. But what happened when you shut down his wide receivers and you covered them well? Well, guess what? Tua could run. You couldn't stop Tua. He was a dangerous football player because he was unstoppable. If you took away the pass, 
he could run. If you took away the run, he could pass. Uh, let's let's move this analogy to basketball. Let's say you know you're on offense and your jump shot's not working very well. You're trying to shoot and you keep missing. Well, if you're a well-rounded basketball player, you can do other things. You can pass, you can dribble, you can play defense. Uh, and so if you're well-rounded, you can still be an effective, good athlete because you're dangerous, you're unstoppable. And so that's one meaning of the word dangerous. As a Christian, when you're firing on all cylinders, when Satan or the world or your flesh attacks you, you can handle it because your strength in God, the power of God inside of you is so strong that you keep on going. You're, you, you know what you believe, you walk with God closely, and you serve him lovingly. You're unstoppable. So that's the first meaning of dangerous. The second meaning of dangerous is, well, to be honest with you, being a Christian, if you live the way that you should, it's going to cost you something. Whether it's the smaller things like a funny look from a coworker, or maybe an awkward, you know, dinner conversation with your family, let's say if they don't believe, even to the point of we look overseas in the Middle East or in Asia, for quite a few Christians, living as a Christian costs them their life. It's dangerous to be a Christian if you're living the way you should. If you're bold and, you're, and you uh, shine your light for the world, it might cost you something. It's dangerous to have a godly faith. So number one, you're unstoppable. Number two, your faith might cost you something. That's dangerous faith. I'm thinking of a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I believe it's in The Cost of Discipleship. But it goes something along the lines of, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. And, and that's a heavy quote right there. When God has called each one of us, and every day we're supposed to lay down our lives for Christ. And ultimately, that might cost us our lives themselves. But we know we're pursuing a crown of glory. God wants us to have dangerous faith, and that's a relationship with God that is so close to him that nothing will stop you from running the race of life before you to the crown of righteousness that is waiting for you at the end. You want to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what we're after, a full life that glorifies God. So that's a wrap in terms of the, the topic we have for today. And then I think I'm going to end my episodes with a, a short devotional. And the reason why is, is twofold. It's going to have a, a scripture passage and a few observations from the scripture passage and then a prayer. And the reason why I'm doing this, uh, there are two reasons. The first is for many of us, we don't read the Bible as we should. I know I'm guilty of this. And, and, and we can go days or weeks or months without opening up the word of God. And so the purpose of this is to help Christians read the Bible. Uh, maybe you, you missed a Bible reading this morning. Well, if you listen to the devotional, you can hear the word of God. And I think that's special. Secondly, let's say you do read your Bible often. You do read your Bible all the time. If you're like 
uh, if you're like that, well, oftentimes you want to hear even more scripture. You want to be even more in the Bible. And I think that's great. So today we're going to read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. And I'm not going to do a deep dive into theology or the culture or the backstory. And the reason why is I want to keep it simple. A lot of people think, oh man, to read the Bible, I need some sort of degree, I need to be super smart, and I don't know know what's going on. So I want to keep it simple so that, you know, these are just a couple observations that anyone could make if they're reading the Bible, and that might encourage us all to read more. But anyways, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Amen. Well, all right. Well, what are some things that we see here? Okay, one of the things we see in this prayer of Paul, uh, in this kind of this blessing, this intro, uh, we see the Trinity. And I'm going to confess something here. If you're not of a Pentecostal type background, oftentimes we don't think a whole lot of the Holy Spirit. And that's a shame. But right away we see a Trinitarian work of God in this world. And and that's important to notice. So in verse three, look, we read, blessed be the God and Father. Okay, so there's God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's God the Son, present and active. We're blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And then in verse 13, we go down And uh, we believed in him and were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. 
in salvation. The Holy Spirit is active. The Holy Spirit seals us. And, and the Holy Spirit is present. And like I said, uh, sometimes we forget that. We see God the Father. It's like, wow, that's great. God the Father sent the Son. And Jesus Christ, oh, that's great. I know Jesus. He's the guy in the Gospels. And that's exciting. But then sometimes we forget about the Holy Spirit. He's there and he's active. And let's praise him for he is God and he is holy. So that's one thing. Another thing we can point out is verse 5. In love, he predestined us for adoption. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole predestination, free will conversation. I can if you'd like. But I want to focus on the word adoption. I think that word is so important. When a, you know, not to go back to, I don't know, middle school conversations, but when a mommy and a daddy love each other so much, you know, eventually things happen and uh, they have children. That is a wonderful process. That is incredible. And you love your child, right? If you're a good parent, you love your child. That's your child. Whether that child is a spoiled, rotten brat, or that child is an absolute angel, or most likely they're somewhere in between. That's how most people are. You love your child because that's your child. Adoption is not like that. In adoption, you have to go, I'm putting this in air quotes, out of your way to go adopt someone. That's not your natural child. We are rebels, against God. God chose to love us. He didn't have to. We weren't perfect. We don't deserve his love naturally. We're, we're sinners. God adopted us to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Adoption is so important. He didn't have to, but he did out of love. And I think that's incredible. So let's notice adoption in verse 5. And then finally, you know, you could go on and notice different observations here and there, but this, this passage of scripture, we read roughly half of Ephesians chapter 1, we're looking to a future where we're one with God. We're united. We look forward to the glory. We read that in verse 12. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And then in verse 14, the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. One day we're going to step into his glorious presence and we'll get to worship and love and serve God perfectly for eternity. And that gives me a lot of hope because I know I mess up all the time. I know there's a lot of evil in the world and I can get down and I'll be like, what's the point of all this? But we look to Christ, verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Thy will be done on heaven and on earth. And that's what we look forward to, a future, a kingdom of God in heaven forever, the new heavens and the new earth. Anyways, I'm rambling now, but it gets me excited, and I hope it gets you excited too. So 
I hope you see what I did there. I read a part of Ephesians, I read it to you, and I made a few observations. Nothing crazy. I didn't dive into the Greek. I didn't, you know, throw out, I hope I didn't throw out crazy technical terms, but we all can do this every day. Just read a passage of scripture and make some observations about it. But anyways, I'm going to pray and then we'll finish up. Father, we're so thankful for you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us, Lord. We are so blessed. Uh, blessed. Bless this podcast. Uh, help it to be fruitful. Help people to enjoy it. Help it to glorify you. And help everyone as they listen to this to go about their day, to be lights, to develop their head, their heart, and their hands. Help us to have dangerous faith. In your son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. And so I was thinking about how to finish my podcast episodes. And so uh, I watched this movie one time, a long time ago, The Truman Show. And there were these words that I it really stuck to me. I love them. And I decided if I ever had a podcast, I would finish with these words from The Truman Show. It was a solid movie. I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I, I enjoyed it. Anyways, side note. All right. Here's for the finish. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.